Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Lord, we say, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, for my Better is one 
just using this as an anthem because it's the scripture. It talks about the one day. Better is the one day, one day in your house. And that tense of the wicked thing is the scripture right there. We'd rather be a doorkeeper. Think of your, think of, think of what it's like, really, when you're dwelling right in the grip of the wicked one. That grossness that grips our soul and robs us of life. And this is an anthem, an anthem of freedom. I'd rather be a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather be a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather be a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather be a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of the wicked.
Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. I'll be your host tonight. Not sure if we're going to be joined by anybody or not, but usually somebody will call in or somebody will, you know, want to get on or have a prayer or a word or a testimony, a problem, something. So we'll see what happens tonight. If you're just tuning in, just want to let you know the calling number is 619-638-8458. You can always go to the website at www dot prayerinternational dot o r g. Also, if you want to email us, we're at prayer at prayerinternational dot o r g. So check that out. Send us your prayer requests, praise reports. Have any questions, comments, concerns? So let us know. Let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer. Then I want to talk a little bit about that one song that we played. Better is one day in your house. It's actually a psalm that comes from Psalm 84. But we're just going to pray real quick and ask the Lord to bless tonight. So, Father, Lord, we just give you all the praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, Lord. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing tonight. Father, we ask that you would open up the windows of heaven. Father, you would open up the gates, Lord, and and pour out your rivers of glory, Father, over those that are hungry and thirsty tonight, Father. Lord, we know we need you, Father. We're we're dry, we're thirsty, we're hungry. We need a touch from you tonight, Father. So we just ask, Lord, that you would manifest your presence, that your love and your peace and your joy, Father, would fill the hearts of every man, every woman, every child that's listening tonight. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would bring your kingdom Bring your purposes, bring your will into our lives, Father. Align us up with heaven so we can experience your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, David wrote Psalm 84. And I just want to share a little bit. Uh, He wrote this for the director of music, the Sons of Korah. I want to share a little bit about this, but it says, How lovely, and this is Psalm 84, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set. Whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, so each appears before God in Zion. 
Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a shield and a sun. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good things does he withhold from those his walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And we can break that down. That was the NIV version. I also like King James. I'm going to read it again in King James. Because I actually like it better in King James. But sometimes, for some, it's hard to understand, hard to comprehend. But we pray for the spirit of wisdom and understanding knowledge and truth. So let's go Psalm 84. In the New King James Version, actually, it says, How amiable are your tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. I was saying, how lovely is your dwelling place. You know, he David got excited when he thought about the dwelling in the presence of God, when he thought about being in God's glory. There's something about that that excited him, that moved him, that stirred him up. It says, my soul is long, yea, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. There was a longing in his soul. There was a yearning in his soul. There was something about the courts of the Lord, that place where God dwells. There's something about the place where his presence is that just pulled on him. He couldn't wait to get there. He couldn't wait to get in the presence of the Lord. And how we need to develop that type of attitude, that, that type of desire inside of ourselves where we just really want to get in God's presence. He said, yeah, the sparrow. Well, he says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. You know, are you at a place where you cry out for the living God? Where you're calling out to God, where you're so hungry, you're so thirsty for his presence, you're so hungry and thirsty for his touch, that you cry out for it, that you yearn for it. He says, yeah, a sparrow has found a house and a swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even... Your altars of the Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in your house, for they will still be praising you. You say, look, that's the place I want to be. He compares it to a swallow having a place to lay eggs. He compares it to the nest. A place near your altar, Lord Almighty. David just wanted a place where the presence of God dwelled. That's all he thought about. That's all he cared about. That's all he cried out for. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Or whose hearts are the ways of them. Is your strength in God? Does your heart Yearn for the living God. Does your heart go towards God? Is that what you think about throughout your day? 
Is that what you think about throughout your night? We're not talking about just in the place of prayer or just in church. But when you're not in God's presence, do you want to be there? Do you desire it? Do you long for it? Does it does it motivate you and excite you, stir you up? Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, whose heart are the ways of them who, passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well, and the rain also filleth the pools. What's he saying there? When you go through the valley of weeping, the valley of trouble, it can become a a well, a spring. The rain fills the pool, it covers it with blessing. The autumn rain also covers it with pools. Verse 7, they go from strength to strength till each appear before God and Zion. Think about that. And that's how we go, from strength to strength. But our strength is in him. Our strength is when the Holy Spirit quickens our mortal bodies. Our strength is when we would have fainted lest we desire to see the Lord, lest we experience the Lord. We would have been weak. But in our weakness, he gave us that strength. He gave us that added edge. When we've lost our motivation and we've been depressed and zapped of the abilities of God, all of a sudden, here comes the Holy Spirit. Here comes the presence of God. Here comes the glory of God to fill us and motivate us for our assignment, to fill us and and motivate us to keep pushing forward and give us that strength to endure to the end. He says, if you faint not, you'll reap in due harvest. So don't faint. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty, verse 8. Listen to me, God of Jacob. He says, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear. In other words, listen. There was a certain relationship he developed with the Lord where he just wanted God to hear what he had to say, yet he wanted to hear what God had to say. That vital communication, that vibrant relationship where you just desire to hear from God where you know your father is listening when you're pouring your soul out before God and there's a faith and a confidence in God that he hears you when you pray the confidence Jesus had the confidence that God wants us all to have we know he hears us when we pray. Behold, O oh God, our shield and look upon the face of thine anointed. Behold, O oh God, our shield and look upon the face of thine anointed. See, God looks upon our faces. God looks upon us. Some versions say, look on our shield of God. Look with favor on your anointed one. God is always granting favor to his children, favor to his anointed sons and daughters. Those that have been endued with that strength and that power for success in God. 
those that have had the glory and the presence of God, the dew from heaven, the the refreshing springs of heaven smeared and, and, and saturated all over their lives. There's a favor that comes when you're walking in the presence of God. There's a favor that comes upon you when, when God knows that you're seeking him diligently, when you're, you're, you're praying and you're looking for God. All of a sudden, things things happen for you that may not happen for others. All of a sudden, he causes you to walk and be the head and not the tail. All of a sudden, he turns your mourning into dancing. All of a sudden, he turns your weeping into joy. All of a sudden, he turns your shame into blessing. You can turn things around. The difference is the presence of God in your life. The difference is having the glory of God. The difference is is being hungry and thirsty for righteousness' sake. And truly seeking after God, truly longing for God. What a difference it makes. Verse 10, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day, for one day in your court is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be an usher. I'd rather rather hold the door in church, hold the door in the house of my God. Greet people, be a greeter at the door than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Where's your heart at? Where, where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? Where do you find pleasure? Is it in the things of the world? Is it with the wicked? And at times, all of us can say that, you know, there's there's times when sin has been pleasurable for a season. But you know, it, it brings a, a consequence. We've got to get to a place where all we want is the presence of God. All we want is to serve the living God. Even if it's so, so lower our standards, lower ourselves to a place of humility, do things that we normally wouldn't do for God. Knowing that the reward of his presence, the reward of his glory, the reward of hearing his voice is, is attached to that act of humility or that humbling of oneself. God is calling for that kind of attitude in us. Let this Attitude that was in Christ Jesus be in you. Let this attitude that was in David be in you. A desire for intimacy. A desire for a oneness with God. For you desire for God to know the longings of your heart, yet you're constantly seeking and looking for the longing of God's heart in everything? Are you looking for God to speak to you throughout your day? Are you looking for God's presence? Are you looking for God's people? Are you looking for for what God wants to set up for you for the day, for the night? Whatever situation or circumstance you're in, are you looking for God in the midst of you? Because if you're his, if you're his child, if you're his daughter or his son, the Lord your God is mighty in your midst. He's rejoicing over you with singing. You're seeking God. 
There's at times when he's weeping over you, when you're breaking his heart. And there's times he's rewarding you when you're diligently seeking him. But are you so connected with the Father? Are you so connected with the Spirit of Christ that his thoughts begin to download into your mind and his heart, his ways begin to override and overwhelm your ways, your mindset. Do you have a passion for Jesus? Do you have a passion for God? And by the Spirit of God, do you have a compassion for people? God is calling us in this hour. God is calling us in this hour. Praise God. For the Lord God, verse 11 of Psalm 84, the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. We've got to learn to walk uprightly. Does it mean we're going to fall? Does it mean we're going to mess up? Hey, we're human. But are you going to walk upright in your heart? Are you going to constantly seek God? Are you going to constantly run after God and do your best to, to live righteous? To consecrate unto God? To set yourself apart from the world? There's different areas in your life. There's different areas in my life where we all have to get more consecrated. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus wants us to be holy like he's holy. Or he never would have told us to be that. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusts the thee. Are you trusting in him tonight? Are you trusting in the Lord your God? Are you trusting in the Lord your God? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. That means trust in him with all your heart, with everything going on, with everything that's within you. Acknowledge him in all your ways, the good, the bad, the ugly ways, whatever circumstance or situation, no matter what things look like. Are you trusting him? Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't conform to your own reasoning. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Allow his words to saturate your mind. Allow his principles to overtake your heart. Allow his person. Allow the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Spirit of Christ, to fellowship with you daily. Speak to you. Guard your heart, but don't harden your heart. Because when God wants to speak to you, you need to have a soft heart. You need to have an open heart. David, though he had many issues in his life, 
fell short many times. He did some things that weren't always pleasing to the Father. Let me tell you something. He had a heart for God constantly, running after God, and learned to develop. And at first it was through trial and error, but he learned to develop a consecrated lifestyle unto God. Did he fall short? Yes. Did he suffer and have consequences for sin? Yes. But did he consecrate and constantly seek after the living God? And God gave him victory after victory after victory? Yes. God's looking for that same attitude, that same heart, that same mindset. So we're going to break for a song briefly. And then we're going to get back into the Word a little bit. I just wanted to share a psalm. Sometimes it's good to have a psalm or a hymn or a spiritual song. I wanted to share Psalm 84. This is the hour. 
you know, as I listen to that song, Can These Dry Bones Live? Of course, the obvious question is, or the answer to the question is yes. We all have probably heard, and if not, I'm going to read it to you, but when we get into the Old Testament and get into the prophets, Ezekiel, in the 37th chapter, I'm probably going to read out of the King James, since that's my favorite version. But if we get into Ezekiel, talking about the Valley of Dry Bones, just like we talked about the Valley of Baca, which means the Valley of Trouble or the Valley of Sorrow. You know, we all go through valleys. We all go through times of dryness. We all go through seasons of despair. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's the tree of life. Just want to say God bless you, first of all, to Blues Eagle, Grace Orphanage, Brother Patrick, everybody out there. Um, I think we had somebody else in there earlier, but they dropped off. But you know, hey, praise God. You know, it doesn't matter to us if it's one or two or 20 or 200. God's word is still the same. It doesn't lose its power. God sends forth his word and it will accomplish whatever he sends it forth to do. And we're just so thankful for that. You know, we need revival. We need revival. You know, we always talk about the vision of dry bones. But if we back up a little bit, and we talk about the 36th chapter, and then I'll get into the 37th chapter. I like to kind of go back a little bit because you need to realize what's going on. But you know, God kind of lays out his battle plan in the 36th chapter of Ezekiel. If we just kind of look at verse 26 and 27. He says this, or we'll take 24, I guess. For I will take you from among the heathen, verse 24 of Ezekiel 36, and gather you out from all the countries, and I will bring you to your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from your filthiness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. 28. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call you for the corn. I'll call for the corn, and we'll increase it. What do you mean by that? The grain, the harvest. When God begins to call for the harvest, He's going to bring an increase. And lay no famine upon you. 
In other words, his abundance, his sustenance, his supply in your life is going to increase if you dwell in the things of God, if you begin to walk in his statutes, if you begin to keep his judgments all of a sudden, God's blessings. Verse 30, and I will multiply the fruit of the tree and increase of the field, and you shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Then shall you remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good, and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. Not for your sake do I this, saith the Lord. Be it known unto you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord God in the day that I should have cleansed you from your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and waste shall be builded. The death of the land shall be killed, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, This land that was desolate has become like a garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and the ruined cities have become fenced and inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that which was desolate, and I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by me the house of Israel to do it. For them I will increase them with men like a flock, as the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn peace, shall shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. What is he saying? Look, this is God's battle plan. This is God's plan. He's saying, look, if you'll turn and repent, yes, you're a mess. Yes, you've got issues, but if you'll turn and repent, if you'll turn to me, if you'll come to me and you'll begin to walk in my ways and walk in my statutes and keep my doings, then the blessing and my increase, my provision will come upon you. And I will take the wasted and the desolate and the ruined things of your life and I will cause them to be blessed. I'll cause them to be fruitful. I'll use even the ruined and the wasted things to become a spring, to become a well, to become a river, even in the dry desert ground. God's saying, look, I can take a bunch of nothing, a bunch of mess, and I can turn it into a message. Whatever mess or mistakes you made, I can turn it into your message. I can turn it into your ministry. If you'll just trust me. And when people pass by, they'll say, look, look what the Lord has done. And I'm just summing it up. But you know, millions of people are in a daily fight to keep the laws of God and they're losing the war because they don't understand the Father's battle plan. This is his battle plan. I will put my spirit within you, says the Lord. I will put my spirit within you, says the Lord. That's the only way you're going to accomplish anything in the kingdom. That's the only way you're going to build anything for God. It's not by your might. It's not by your power. But it's by the spirit of the living God. How are you going to keep his word? By the spirit. How are you going to follow his plan? By the spirit. How are you going to say Jesus is Lord? By the spirit. How are you going to walk in the wisdom of God? By the spirit.
Look, we need God's Spirit. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh. I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And I will cause you to keep my judgments and do them. Why is that God's agenda? He wants to cause you to do it. He wants to be your motivation. He wants to be so why? Because he gets the glory. From deep inside your heart, he wants you to follow the statute. He wants to make it easy to keep his laws. Why do we think it's so tough to keep God's commandments? Because most of us are living a life of carnality. We're not staying filled with the Spirit of God. We're not allowing his Spirit to come and fill us. We're not allowing him to come and give us a new heart. We want to hang on to that hardened, stony, fleshly, carnal heart. Instead of a heart that longs after God. Doesn't mean we're never going to mess it up just because we're walking in the Spirit. Even even Peter, one minute, Jesus was telling them, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. When he told them, thou art the Christ. And the next minute he was saying, get thee behind me, Satan. Whenever he was saying, I won't let him take you to the cross. So it's a constant war of our spirit and our flesh. But listen, if we will stay and fix our minds, and we will stay continually filled, and we will be like David and long for the presence of God, long to get in his presence, long to hear his voice, get so consumed and overwhelmed in the spirit of God, all of a sudden we'll find ourselves winning battles that we used to lose. All of a sudden we'll find ourselves having victories in God where we used to feel defeated. Why? A new heart will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgment. Ezekiel 36, verse 26 and 27. Most people want God to be pleased with them. Look, Ezekiel 39, 29. Listen to what God tells Ezekiel. I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel. God's pleased. When God's pleased, he pours out his spirit. When God's pleased, he doesn't hide his face. When God's pleased, he begins to reward you. When God's pleased. How do we do that? Hide his word in your heart. The words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my God. We've got to get to a place in our lives. We've got to get to a place in our lives The moment the Holy Spirit becomes a part of your life, 
God will begin to look in your direction. His face will begin to shine on you. The Father's great desire is to receive him. Receive him. Be filled with him. Have fellowship with him. Get a hold of him. Just begin to read the book of Acts and you'll sense what God has planned. You want to get the Father's battle plan? Read the book of Acts. The apostles had an amazing relationship with the Holy Ghost. There's evidence recorded on every single page. And the most amazing thing is the Acts didn't just stop with the apostles. The Acts are continuing through men and women daily in this hour. Today, miraculous works of the Holy Spirit are being recorded. It never stops. There's no, oh, brother, this dispensation. This, this Listen, God is continually dispensing the Holy Spirit day after day after day after day. His dispenser never stops. God didn't just stop dispensing. And there, there's still a dispensation of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's called today, if you hear his voice. Choose you this day who you will serve. Today. Today. So can these dry bones live? Yes. Are you feeling dry and dusty, weary? Are you still wounded? Are you feeling sick? Are you feeling tired? Get in the presence of God. Get filled with the glory of God. Even if you're facing a mountain, even if you're facing your giant, even if you're in the midst of the battle, listen. Get in the presence of God. You know why Israel won so many wars? The glory of the Lord went before them. The angel of the Lord Glory of the Lord was a rear guard. God smote their enemies because they knew how to put him first. God destroyed their adversaries because Israel knew let's worship God and then go into battle. And when we get to victory, let's worship them again. There's something about the presence of God. Remember when the ark got taken away, and it was in Obed-Eben's house, and all of a sudden David started losing the wars. The favor of God seemed to depart. He had to go recover it. He had to go recover the ark. He had to go recapture it. And sometimes in our lives, we've got to recapture the glory. We've got to recapture the presence of God. We've got to go down and get the presence of the Lord so that we can fight our battles. Because if we fight our battles, it's hopeless. But if the Lord is fighting our battle, no weapon formed or fashion against you can prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you will be condemned. Why? It's your inheritance. No good thing will he withhold to them that walk uprightly, to them that desire, to them that are diligently seeking him in his presence. God is good. The blood of Jesus never loses its power.
Praise God. Listen, we're going to take a break. It's the 11 o'clock hour. We're going to go into a time of worship just briefly, just a song. Let's just feel like praising him. Let's just praise him. Let's give him thanks for everything he's done. He's worthy.
playing your simple love song, boy. Praise God, it's 11-11. Now it's 11-12. I want you to get this, it'll be 11-12. But I believe Jesus would be singing, and he's singing over us right now. All right, well, you know, I was sharing Ezekiel 36 a little bit, but I really wanted to get into 37. You know, we all go through valleys. We all go through hard times. We all go through seasons where we feel like God's presence is so far away or things seem dry. We grow weary. We lose our motivation. Sometimes we feel dead on the inside and maybe we feel like the vision or the assignment of God or whatever he's called us to has died. But you know, After God promised to put a new spirit and a new heart inside of his people, he gave Ezekiel this vision, okay? Ezekiel chapter 37 says, this is the vision of dry bones. 
And as the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, he set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of dry bones. He caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. You ever just pass by people? You ever just pass by a situation? Does God ever take you in the midst of a people and they just seem very dry, very hopeless, very non-motivated? Multitudes of them. Verse 3, and he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O God, you know. And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O you dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. See, it's one thing to know that God can waken up the dry bones and and moisten the bones and refresh and refuel the bones. It's another thing to know that he can cause a spring in the desert and a river in dry land. It's another thing to know that he could cause a wasted city to be inhabited and rebuilt, and he could take the mess of your life and turn it into a message. But there's something that has to take place before it. There needs to be a living act of word of God breathed upon it. There needs to be a living act of word of God prophesied, spoken, declared, breathed, infused into it. In order for something to catch, in order for something to pop, in order for something to shake, in order for something to change. And see, part of the problem is there's a lot of people out there that are dry and they're weary and they're looking and they know in their minds, oh, God can do it. But there's nobody out there that's full of the Spirit of God. There's nobody out there declaring by the Spirit of God. There's nobody that's telling them by the Spirit of God, thus saith the Lord. And the difference is, is knowing that God will do something, but when you begin to declare, when you begin to decree, when you begin to speak a thing, when you begin to line up with the Word of God with your words, with your thoughts, when you begin to speak forth those life, giving words into the earth, into a person, into a group, into a church, into a home, into a situation, when you begin to speak to your mountain, when you begin to prophesy, something happens. And again he said to me, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So God gave this prophet a commandment. He said, look, I want you to look into the situation that looks dry. I want you to look into the situation that looks hopeless. I want you to look into the situation that looks impossible. And I want you to speak into it, declare into it, prophesy into it, and guess what? I'm going to do something. And the problem is many people, they don't stand up and begin to declare, what what is God saying? Thus saith the Lord. They don't begin to breathe out the life-giving words of God into the dry situation. Therefore, they never see the dry situation change. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. 
And as I prophesied, listen, as I prophesied, as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. See, something happened as he began to prophesy. Something happened as he began to speak the word of the Lord. Now listen, it didn't happen all at once. It began to start a process. Behold, there was a noise. And behold, there was a shaking. And the bones came together. Bone to his bone. Listen. When you begin to speak the word of the Lord, all of a sudden there's going to be a noise. You're not going to see anything. You may not see anything right away, but all of a sudden there's going to be a noise. Sometimes that noise is your enemy trying to discourage you. Sometimes that noise is a person or even the people of God coming against the word of the Lord. But then something happened, and behold, suddenly, here's another suddenly. See, just like there was a suddenly, there came a sound as a rushing mighty wind. Patrick, my friend, the other night talked about suddenly. But see, there was a shaking. And sometimes when you begin to speak the word of the Lord, it rises, it raises a ruckus. And sometimes when you begin to speak the word of the Lord, it beca- it becomes a shaking. There's a shaking that takes place. But it's only going to happen if you begin to declare it and prophesy it. And the bones came together. See, there's a unity. There's a coming together. There's something magnetic about the word of God that brings the things of God, brings the people of God together. And the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Listen. When you begin to declare the word of the Lord, when you begin to prophesy, all of a sudden it starts a shaking and a rattling and a noise, and it becomes a process to bring things aligned together, bone to his bone. There was an order, there was an alignment that was set in place. Then said he unto me, notice he said, but there was no breath in them. There was no breath of life. There was no spirit in them. That same word breath, ruach. There was no ruach. There was no breath. There was no spirit. Then he said to me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy to the breath of life. And say to the wind, thus saith the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. See, there's something happens when you begin to prophesy and declare the word of the Lord. The Holy Spirit will begin to confirm the word as it's preached. The Holy Spirit will begin to move upon the word of God as it's declared. Why would you begin to speak the word of God? You've got to wait for the presence. You've got to wait for the anointing, wait for the glory, wait for the spirit of God to come and begin to incubate, begin to germinate the seed of the word. 
begin to activate it. How does that happen? Prophecy, living words, coming forth. So I prophesied, O breath, and breathe upon these flames that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. Notice prophecy is a command, as he commanded me. When God tells you to say something or speak something, and listen, I'm, I'm learning this. I mess this up a lot. But I'm learning. When God says declare, we're, we're supposed to declare. Why? So he can breathe on it. And breath came into them, and they lived. And they stood up on their feet in an exceeding great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried, our hope is lost, and we are cut off from all our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, all my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves, you and shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, I shall place you in your own land, and shall you know that I am the Lord have spoken and performed it. Saith the Lord, listen, if you're dry and weary and your hope is lost and you're, you feel cut off, God's got a living word for you. He's got an active breathing spirit for you to come into your life and to change things, to come into your life. He wants to take you from a pile of bones and stand you up on your feet. He wants you to stand up on your feet to become an exceeding great army. He wants to open up your grave. Everything you thought was dead. Everything you thought was desolate. Everything you thought was hopeless. Impossible. Cause you to come up out of your grave. Bring you into the land. A land of blessing. A land of promise. It says, and I shall put my spirit in you, verse 14, and you shall live. And I shall place you in your own land. See, everybody's got their place. God wants to put you in your place. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. I've spoken it and performed it. See, God God finishes what he says. He, he hastens his word to perform it, the Bible says. But there's something about praying it. There's something about declaring it. There's something about getting in line and declaring and confessing him to be the giver of every good and perfect gift. Declare him to be the giver of life. Some mercy comes by those things that are unsought. You don't have to seek out every blessing and every mercy. But listen, there's certain favors, there's certain blessings that are bestowed on those that ask and seek and knock. How are you going to gain entrance if you don't knock? How are you going to receive if you don't ask? How are you going to find something if you don't seek it out? Just like this man of God prophesied, prayed, and he declared the word of the Lord, 
God is calling us to a higher place. We'll begin to trust him and, and, and put our hope in him and know, God, you hear me when I pray. To know, Lord, you you finish your word, you do what you say. Listen, just like a runner gains strength for a race by exercising daily. Like we've got to gain energy by by running the great race in prayer. We've got to pray. We gain strength when we align ourselves with heaven. We gain strength when we declare the things of God. got to seek out God. And Jesus said, if two of us agree on earth touching anything, it shall be done. But there's no limit with God's bounty in our lives. There's no limit with God. No good thing will he withhold. I read that in the book of Psalms earlier. 84. Peter may never got free from prison if the church wasn't praying. Pentecost might have never happened to the disciples if they weren't in one accord waiting for the tongues of fire. There's something special that happens when we pray. There's something special that happens when we seek the Lord. There's something special that happens when we wait and listen to God's commands. And then we step forth into him and do and say what he says to do and say. Or pray. Praise God. Uh, we're going to break for a song. Coming up on the 11.30 hour, I just feel like we need another song. But more or less, it's a portion of Ezekiel 37. I just wanted to kind of share my heart on that. Share God's heart. Share God's word. doesn't really matter what I say. We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything.
I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. Yeah. I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you.
Lose all their gear. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.